welcome to the way of the womb podcast my name is beck i'm your host and i'm a trauma-informed holistic birthing doula womb worker and earth lover i am here to support you and all womb owners whether that's through your monthly cycles and navigating the everyday or whether that's to support your journey through the rite of passage of pregnancy and birth my passion is to support souls to come home to themselves so you can connect back to your innate power, your intuition and the wisdom of your body so you can feel empowered and live your truth. On this platform, we will be discussing periods, pregnancy, plant medicine, birth, trauma, mental health, spirituality, earth to body connection and everything in between. This is a place for conscious souls to gather so that together we can heal, thrive and live authentically, unapologetically as ourselves. This is the Way of the Womb podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Today I have Emma on coming to share her birth story of Thea and I'm so excited. Hi Emma, thank you for coming on. Hello, lovely to see you. I'll speak to you. <laughs> so nice to speak. So me and Emma actually met. How many years ago was it? Five or six? Oh, I think this year it will be six years ago. Yeah. So yeah. we met in a hostel in in Brisbane. Is that South Australia? Is it South Australia? No. <laughs> oh my god! I don't even know where we were. It was sort of east, wasn't it? Just north of Brisbane. We lived together because we were both farmers doing our farm work for our visa in Australia. Um, and we definitely weren't talking about babies back then, were we? <laughs> <laughs> More like, More like well, what, what time are you coming out? I love it. So thank you so much for coming on. It's so nice to um, have this chat. And you, and you, thank you for having me on. Excited. So, how old is Thea now? She is 14 months now. So, she was one at the end of February. And it has been the quickest year of my life. Yeah, through COVID as well, another pandemic. Weird year to navigate, as it is, never mind with a baby as well. Do you know, I actually, I think as far as this year is in terms of how difficult it's been for many, I could not be more grateful. Um, Gary, her dad, we, he's um, he's seen a lot more of her, obviously, and we've just had some, a lot more family time, I guess, than we would have done. So, um, yeah, I've actually really enjoyed it in, in one sense. Yeah, that's so beautiful. Mm. And I think, um, you know, a lot of people are actually feeling that way, but also feeling mm. like they can't, feeling guilty for voicing that and I think yeah. it's yeah. it's so important to acknowledge like although obviously it's been really difficult year for so many people it's actually so many beautiful things have come out of it like mm. you know Gary yeah. to spend that time with Thea that he probably wouldn't have had at all yeah exactly otherwise. and yeah. just building stronger relationships and challenge challenging some but building as well <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So um, to start off, do you want to just tell us a little bit about you and 
Yeah. Yes. So I am turning 30 this year. Goodness. Um, I am currently a legal PA, um, back to work actually recently, but I also qualified as a, a yoga instructor two years ago. Um, and actually found out I was pregnant a week before my exam. So <laughs> early stages, that was an interesting hour. Yeah, um, but yeah, so um, that's basically me. We live in uh, Faversham, lovely little town near Whitstable. Um, yeah. Beautiful. I love that. I can't believe you found out a week before your yoga exams. I know, <laughs> I know. I am... Um, I actually shouldn't really have done any exercise back then as well because I had recently had, um, well, I had an abnormal smear, which was quite surprising because I had one in September the year before and it was normal. Um, and during um, each year of my work, they put you through, if you wanted to, a sort of women's check. So check your blood um any you know abnormalities in your breasts that kind of thing and they offer you a smear at the appointment and I think when she asked me initially I was like yeah I don't really need it because I had one really recently I think it was in May when this had happened and um I thought well, you know what you know I'm here just do it it's fine and so surprisingly it did come back abnormal and it turns out that there was a lot of abnormal cells. So I have no idea how it was missed the year before. Wow. And so much so that I had to be put to sleep to have them removed. And I'd had, I think, two, possibly three in the space of a week negative pregnancy tests. So I was absolutely sure that I was not pregnant. And um, yeah. I didn't feel very well a couple of weeks after. I thought I must have an infection. Like I don't feel very well. <laughs> and uh, I took a test just to rule it out. And to my surprise, I was having a baby. Wow. So she was in my belly when my cervix was being played with. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And you know, is that something normally they check, isn't it? Or did they ask you and you said, no, I've done a test, I'm not pregnant? They do it at the hospital. So and yeah. it came back negative but yeah. actually you must have been yeah wow. it must have just been so early stages that there mustn't have been enough to show but the surgeon did say in the 22 years that he'd been working it had never happened to him before because naturally his cervix closes doesn't it so yeah. he didn't obviously see that wow and then so yeah. working out the day of conception was before wow that's so interesting yeah because you have to have a kind of rest period of no fooling around afterwards as well so I thought well I'm either giving birth to baby Jesus or (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh um, yeah so I had to um well I say I had to they offered a cervical measurement uh, scan every two weeks um, just to ensure that the cervix wasn't shortening because if that happens obviously um, it can lead to complications down the line early premature labour um, that they did say you know if it does shorten you can stitch the cervix but I was very lucky at 26 weeks um, that I was signed off as uh, there was no no sign of it going 
shorter um but they have advised that every pregnancy similar kind of scenario um just to ensure that it doesn't happen so I'm having it again and, yeah yeah and was that just to was that because you'd had the smear test yeah. done wow yeah. Mm. yeah so I was just I was just very lucky that actually things worked out that way because I wouldn't you know even now if I'd had fear and only just had my smear after giving birth that you know it could be a lot worse than what it actually was yeah yeah oh, so interesting so when you found out you were pregnant obviously after all that I guess that was a bit of a shock and you were like yeah. oh god I've just had my smear done as well yeah um and the operate would you class it as an operation I guess you was kind of an operation yeah, I think under general anesthetic it would be so yeah yeah so god yeah I'm actually blown away by that mm. yeah so I'm very very lucky that actually apart from that my pregnancy went swimmingly <laughs> you know I um I had obviously a, a couple of bleeds at the beginning and that was all from my cervix nowhere near baby luckily um but yeah after that I had I had a good pregnancy so I was very lucky amazing yeah so can you tell us a little bit about your pregnancy did you have scans and how was it at the yes like, so, how was it in that moment when you found out you were pregnant when you went and told Gary how how was that yeah so he was actually um in Northern Ireland um so I said to him the day before we were at a friend's barbecue it was a Sunday I said I don't you know I'm gonna do this test because if, if it's negative then I need to go back because something isn't right and um he said okay that's fine but he unfortunately it was Sunday so we couldn't easily access a, a test to find out and on the Monday he was flying to Northern Ireland so anyway I finished work I drove to every supermarket in the area and believe it or not everywhere was sold out of pregnancy tests <laughs> oh, I finally found one but I think I was driving around for about 40 minutes um so I took it at home I was on the phone to him he didn't know what I was doing and we was just talking about where he was staying because I was due to go out the following week to see him and uh yeah I I took the test on the phone and I think he was talking about what DVDs they had there and I was I just looking at this positive test in society. I just took a photo of it and sent it to him. I was like, Gary, Gary, stop talking and check your WhatsApp. <laughs> and he was like, oh, <laughs> congratulations. Is that what he says? <laughs> yeah. Oh. So, um, yeah, I was just after shock. I think more so because of what had recently happened. Yeah. I think we weren't. Um, we wanted children and we weren't necessarily um, trying for children, but we weren't using any protection openly, you know, we'd love them if it happens, then we're yeah. welcoming that kind of thing. So, you know, in that sense, it wasn't a shock. It was just purely because of what had recently happened at the hospital. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I flew out to see him the following week and we spent a couple of days together and it was just lovely. We had a big house to ourselves. Um, yeah it was just lovely we ate lots did a bit of walking yeah it was great beautiful that sounds um, so nourishing it was yeah perfectly timed 
Um, but yeah, I had, all, I had all my scans as I, said, I had to have cervical um, measurement scans as well every two weeks. Baby was fine. Um, we didn't find out what we were having. We wanted a surprise. Um, yeah. So at this and, point, was um, was Gary able to come to appointments? The pandemic hadn't happened yet, yeah, had it? Yeah, so it was 2019. So yeah. she, she was born on the 27th of February. And I think the first lockdown was about three or four weeks after that. Yeah. So actually up to that point, it was quite normal. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so he was able to come to the scans and how yeah, how did you find the scans? How was your first scan when you when you saw her? Yeah, it was it's bizarre. I mean it was a bit earlier than the 12 week one because of the bleeding. Um it was like a little peanut in a little, you know, it <laughs> just they're like, Can you see the heartbeat thing? I'm like, oh what am I looking at? <laughs> it's like Rachel off friends where she's like, yeah. I can't see it. <laughs> Um, but when we went for the the 12 weeks scan, I was like, how on earth in two weeks it can go from looking like a little peanut to an actual baby's head? It's incredible how quickly that happens. It's um, amazing. Yeah, so um, yeah, it was amazing. So exciting. We were renovating our house as well. We bought it. Um, so I think at that point we were like, oh, we better hurry up with this now. <laughs> yeah, oh my God, everything going on. So just finish a yoga teacher treat and renovate yeah. the house. Gary's away. <laughs> yeah, it's all happening. So yeah. yeah, so how did you, how was your pregnancy as you progressed towards birth? What did you do to prepare? Did you do any classes, anything like that? Yeah, I did. Um, so I think... Uh, about the halfway point, I really, really wanted to do hypnobirthing. I am, as many women are, surrounded by people who want to share birth stories that are not mm-hmm. necessarily the kind of birth stories that a pregnant woman wants to hear. Yeah. And, you know, bless my mum, that does include her. <laughs> um, I just, you know, I wanted some positive, I wanted to understand birth wanted to um learn about it I guess because I I think hypnobirthing can be quite um I don't know unknown to a lot of people and I think they view it in a way that actually it just that isn't it at all you're not hypnotized and yeah I've got all sorts why are you doing hypnobirthing why not (laughs) I guess it's just not understanding what it actually is um so yes we we booked it I think we used the Calm Birth School um, from my memory. It was a lady in Hearn Bay and um, we're the only ones that signed up to that particular course. Um, so we went to a house on our own and we had a one-on-one session. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think we went every Sunday morning for about a month um, and it made me excited. It really, I just like, I want to do it now. <laughs> <laughs> So I got all the oils, you know, it was, um, she gave me a couple of roll-ons for my wrists and my neck for when I go to bed and tapes and affirmations and Gary used to put them sort of scattered around when I woke up in the morning to read. Um, yeah, so that was just the best thing I could have done for myself and Gary as well, because obviously it involves him a lot more than probably what he initially thought yeah absolutely I think that's a yeah. big one 
and um, yeah, I think we were about, I don't know, 34 weeks maybe. Um, we decided to do NCT as well. Now, a lot of what we'd learned covered that in NCT, but I think it's a community builder as well. You know, you kind of meet other families that are in the exact same position as you. And it, it was nice because we are, we've got, a, uh, there's a group of four of us now that we all meet up and the babies are friends. Oh, so. I love that. Yeah. So that was that was our main focus for that that course. But um, um, with the what would you say was the kind of difference, or what did each course give you, or was it just like kind of similar things of feeling? I think birth or yeah, I think hypnobirthing was more focused on um, how you feel and how you can control and how you've got choices and you know, the various kind of things that you can do to help calm yourself, you know, warm baths, um, you know, breathing techniques. Um, NCT was more factual focused, I think. There were elements of that breathing side, um, but they covered, you know, how to wear a carrier and how to put the baby in the car seat and mm -hmm. the sort of what types of um, pain relief there could be and the pros and cons to both. So, I I went with an open mind with um, with the the pain relief. I, ultimately, I didn't really want any, but I knew that I'd never experienced birth before, mm -hmm. so I didn't want to say no and then ultimately feel like I needed something. Yeah. So um, I had an open mind, but ultimately I had a kind of rough idea of what route I wanted to go down. And did you make a birth plan? Yes. Um, we did, although <laughs> it stayed in the car. <laughs> <laughs> um, we made, yeah, we had like an A, B and a C. Um, a was water birth, you know, no pain relief, you know, that kind of, you know, essential oils and that kind of stuff. Um, and then B and C were more sort of, if things happen that I can't necessarily control mm -hmm. I'm still able to make a decision as to what I actually want so B and C were more sort of focused on that side um but <laughs> I always thought I would go into early labor because of what happened to my cervix and it gets closer and closer to the due date I'd left for maternity six weeks before because I just thought I'd work in London my travel is two hours to get there I just don't fancy going into labour whilst I'm at work. <laughs> so, yeah, don't blame you. Yeah, <laughs> don't blame you. I took, I did about six weeks and actually during that time, was, I would recommend it to any new mum to be, do not work up to the end of your pregnancy. You have no time for yourself whatsoever. In that six weeks, I went swimming, I did pregnancy yoga, Every Sunday night, we did an hour and a half of pregnancy yoga, followed by cake and tea with loads of other ladies. And it was just like my favorite part of the week. You know, it was just lovely. Um, I was bouncing on my ball eating cereal and having a cup of tea, watching loose women. <laughs> it's just like, if you want to sleep until 10 o'clock, because you're never going to do it again, then do it. <laughs> yeah, oh, I love that. I think that's so important. And I think you know so many women do kind of feel like they have to work up to the end you know some some yeah. stay 
because some women may have to financially yeah. like that but absolutely if you have the opportunity to give yourself some time then absolutely like yeah. it's kind of like a processing time of just coming back to your body and seeing what do I yeah. need now in preparation I've done all of this other stuff now it's like okay come back to the calm and relaxing and just some self-care and self-love yeah. really absolutely absolutely it, it was fantastic so yeah I'm really really happy I did that and actually I think ultimately it led me to a really nice calm happy birth baby was in a good position you know I just I'm so grateful that I had that time yeah I love yeah. that I think that yeah so important so thank you mm. for saying that and sharing that mm. um so in them six weeks were you kind of like okay well where's baby there everyone's told no. me she's gonna be early no, <laughs> no. no I just I don't know I felt I felt just content you know and I trusted that they'll come when they'll come so yeah no I just just chilled relaxed ate food slept you know through a couple of friends you know when I could so yeah beautiful Mm. and I think that is like the important part isn't it just knowing like they've got to come out sometime like yeah. they got in there they're gonna come out like yeah. You know, <laughs> exactly. that. Mm-hmm. yeah I had a um I had a pregnancy massage um I had one a couple of months before and she was absolutely fantastic so I booked her in for so Thea was due on the 28th and I booked her in for the 26th because I understand, obviously, endorphins and feeling good and relaxed and help labour, you know, kind of get going. So I thought, I'll do that then a couple of days before. And I did. And the first time I had a pregnancy massage with her, she went, go home, put your feet up, relax. That's exactly what I did. And on the Wednesday, when I left, she said the same thing to me, Lot drink lots of water. And um, I just went home and went a bit mad. I unpacked a lot of things. <laughs> to go into the nasty mood. I absolutely did, because at that point, I hadn't done any of that. In all that time, I had to myself. I was like, oh, how does a steriliser work? <laughs> I love that. I better get that out of the box. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I just went a bit crazy. And Gary popped out that evening for a um, dinner with his friends and a curry actually um, <laughs> and, um I sat down on the sofa I'd had a shower I got my pajamas on hot chocolate and started watching something and I felt this little pop and my waters had gone and I was like oh okay this is happening now <laughs> good job I unpacked that sterilizer yeah I know <laughs> like my body knew like no girl you need to get going now yeah. <laughs> um yeah so I ended up sitting on the toilet for a while because like no pads were kind of what you know it just wasn't sustainable wearing one up like two minutes so I just waited mm. for a while to clean out quite a lot um so it was a slow trickle rather than a gush yeah it was like a little gush at the beginning and then constant trickle so I was like to the uh the midwives and I explained and at this point obviously I had, I had no contractions so um 
they just said, you know, stay home, get some sleep, eat, relax, um, and let me know by sort of late the following day afternoon how things are going, because obviously the waters are going, there is a slight risk of um, infection, obviously. So, mm-hmm. you know, I had kind of every intention in my mind that I didn't want to be induced, and I kind of thought, well, that's what they're kind of suggesting. So I, I just thought, no, I don't really, really don't want to be induced. I just... It wasn't the road I wanted to go down. Mm-hmm. So Gary came home. Um, so when your water's broke and you called them, did they say, yeah. kind of, you know, if nothing's been moving by tomorrow, we'll look at induction? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it would be, I think my water's went at 8.24. I don't know why I remember that precise minute, but <laughs> they went. <laughs> and um, yeah, I, they said basically by the evening the following day. I'd look at it if, if it's necessary so um Gary came home from his meal and I know I realized that I wanted to get a couple of I always intended to breastfeed I did want to take some milk with me just in case um, and I hadn't had any so he popped to the shop to grab some and um I just sat on my ball. I finished my hypnobirthing book. I think I had like five or six pages left. I was just bouncing on my ball with this massive nappy on, like reading my book, eating a naked bar. <laughs> this is fine. I can actually see you doing that in my head right now. It's great. <laughs> um, uh, we went to bed and he fell asleep straight away. And I just kind of sat there. I was like, hmm. And I mean, I think, I don't know if contractions are something you can really truly describe. Mm. Um, I kind of had in my head a rough idea of where it can start and roughly how it could feel, but something started up and I thought, no, that's not how I thought that was going to be. I didn't believe that that would be how it felt because I thought it kind of started in your back. But for me, it's sort of more started in my bum. Um, I was like, no, okay, that's quite strong. And that's happening again. Oh, and another one. This like, <laughs> <It just laughs> seems really familiar, but not familiar at all. Okay, it's moment. <laughs> so I left Gary in bed. And I thought, I just have a nice warm bath. I put some clary sage oil and a bit of lavender in there. And um, we've got in our bathroom the lights. Um, we've got like a sort of colourful low light that we can have on instead of the bright lights. Mm-hmm. So I had that on. And so it's quite dark in there. And um, they slowed down, but I was timing them. And I had like three or four in 10 minutes straight away. And I was like, but I've been told in all those courses I've learned that that's like established. You know, that's quite a lot in 10 minutes <laughs> straight away. So I got out of the bath. This is happening. <laughs> oh, I better wake Gary that, up. Did they start to get more intense? Did they at this point? Yeah, like it was just one would stop and then another would start. Um, so I thought I better wake Gary up. I think this started. I think I got in the bath about twelve thirty, so pretty soon after the first one. And um, I woke Gary up. Said, "No, this is happening, and this is how close together they are." Um, so we called the hospital and explained. Um, because I, I planned to go to the birth centre. And um naturally, first time mum, 
first baby go back to sleep you know try or try and eat something just relax you know you've got some time but I wasn't making any noise I was quiet when I'm in pain it doesn't really come out my mouth it, I'm just like I don't think they really realized how kind of what was actually happening yeah and um I think <laughs> another naked bar later leaning over the ball at I think, what was it, quarter past three. I just, Gary called the hospital and said, no, I think we do actually need to come in. And I, they said the same thing, you know, stay home. I recognised the lady on the phone. It was actually my, my midwife who I used to see throughout my pregnancy. And uh, I said, put my shoes on, we're going. Like, we're getting in the car now. So we put all the bags in and... Um, where we live, you have to go down a motorway that very, very regularly shuts at night for roadworks. Mm. And you can go another way, but it adds another half an hour on. Luckily, this motorway started their works at our turnoff. So we managed to get to the turn off. I was like, what? what's yeah. going to happen with this story now? <laughs> but on that motorway, I started involuntary pushing. Um, so I'm like hanging on to the little handle that's on top of the car, like pulling myself up with my upper body strength because I'm like, whoa. Um, and were you in the back of the car when you were in the front? I was in, I was in the front seat. I was in the front seat. It was manageable. It was just very intense. Yeah. It, it, was, it was fine. I was just, you know, going with it. It was intense. And I didn't want to tell Gary that I'd started pushing because I knew he was driving. And I was like, I can't panic him because he's driving. <laughs> and um, we got to the hospital. In the end, he kind of had to help me walk in. Um, and how long did it take to get to the hospital? Half an hour. So, yeah, I think we got there at quarter to four. We left at quarter past three, got there at quarter to four in the morning. Again, luckily it wasn't the night, so there's no traffic. Um he walked me in the only thing I took in with me thank god was my water bottle with a straw in you know like the little ones yeah so I um he helped me walk in I had quite a lot of contractions on the way up luckily the car park is at the back of where the ward is and um they oh, remember they put me in the waiting room and I'm now leaning over the sofa like Gary like, do you feel like you're pushing I said yeah and then he went and grabbed them they've run me into the triage and they can see the head <laughs> yeah so we ended up well, I was in the birth center we, we ended up luckily there was a room available and the bath was switched on and um Gary said do you need anything like do you need gas now do you need like any pain relief and I kind of said no because I felt like at that point I was okay um and they kind of, I remember looking and the, and the midwife looked at Gary and said, no, 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 too late. Don't go to, it's too late for that. What and, they um, believe? Yeah, yeah. So they had like this little bean bag type sofa and I ended up just going straight over there, kneeling on old fours. I had my elbows on the sofa. Gary ended up around the other side facing me and holding my hands. Bath was on, but they were you like you're like you know that's not it's not, not gonna, gonna run <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 
and um, yeah, I was pushing, obviously, and she came out at 4.24. Wow, so do you feel like you started to push yourself, or was that involuntarily, but was your body involuntarily? <laughs> My body just started doing it, yeah. Wow. But obviously then I got kind of, when I was in, in the birth centre and I was on all fours, I then started to kind of work with um, yeah. Mm. yeah and how long were you pushing for before she arrived well we I would say well I obviously involuntary pushed in the car and um, and she was out by 24 minutes past four so I don't know 40 minutes maybe wow. amazing and yeah in the, in the surges or contractions you're experiencing what was it like to be in them like did you do anything to kind of get yourself through that time um and like, I, so a lot of people describe it as being kind of some people would say it's like a psychedelic experience where you yeah. feel like it's really kind of you you go up to another place you do you really do you kind of don't have a care or conscious for kind of anything that's not in your little bubble or what's happening but you know it's it is out of body I can't yeah I guess that is you're so in the moment you're so in the moment you know it is yeah it really is I I mean you have nine months to prepare for this baby to come out and I remember when she was passed, I was like my midwife behind me kind of pushed her up to me to have, you know, I was on all fours. So she kind of pushed her up onto my chest and she was screaming. I just thought, what has just happened? Like I have had nine months to prepare to this moment and I was in utter shock that my body had just given birth the way that it just did. But I also have a baby. Like <laughs> Gary said, the first words that came out of your mouth were, it's a baby. Oh, <laughs> I love um, that though. I didn't even think about checking if she was a boy or a girl. I was just like, wow, this is baby. <laughs> and then, yeah, I guess after a few minutes passed of Gary said, oh, is it a boy or a girl? And yeah, that's when we found out that it's just yeah it's an incredible experience it really is undescribable feeling in for me um magical yeah it's, it's incredible yeah. I feel like I've got goosebumps it's so beautiful <laughs> and just that that realization of coming back into your body and going what the fuck have I just done oh yeah, my god <laughs> and when the midwife passed here through your legs I'm guessing up yeah. towards your chest yeah what was that moment like just wow is the only thing I can say is I think I don't know like it's I think a lot of women say you know it's a love like no other and it's immediate I think for me it was shock before that mm -hmm. I mean obviously you know she is my absolute life and 
I never thought I could love anything more than I love her. But certainly when she was born, it was shock. Yeah. yeah. Understandably. Um, I think yeah. that's something that's really important that needs to be spoken about more because actually that's what most women experience is yeah. that what the fuck has just happened before <laughs> yeah. that kind of rush and that rush normally yeah. always, will always follow. Mm. But it's that initial like, oh my god what's just happened yeah and, and it's like a, almost you know a parting of of souls like what's just happened physically mm. mentally emotionally spiritually is so profound yeah like, actually I need a moment to come back into my body as me as my own yeah. self without having anyone else in there yeah. um and I think that's yeah really important that should be spoken about more is that you know you're allowed to have that time of holy shit yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> exactly. mm. so um yeah I mean I I got up um from all fours after that and I lay down on the sofa um birth of placenta I did have an injection for that and um, I think at that point when they asked me I just kind of thought whatever I don't care yeah <laughs> um that kind of I never really had I knew that you could do it without, but I just thought, you know, whatever, it's fine. You know, if that's what's easier and safer, then go for it. Um, and we just had a lot of skin to skin for a while. Um, I had a secondary tear. Um, so Gary took Thea um, and they said it would just be a lot easier for them to do the stitches in the triage room because they had the bed and the syrups and stuff. So I left the room. Gary stayed with Thea and I just remember laying there thinking, okay, it's now 5am. I've missed a night's sleep. I'm really exhausted. And you know, you kind of start to feel a little bit icky because you need some sugar or something mm. to kind of balance you a little bit. So luckily... I think before, actually, before I went into that room, Gary popped to the car to get both bags for baby and me. So I had some backup snacks. So bless her, midwife brought in my jelly babies and, the, and a Lucas for me. So I'm sitting there having my vagina stitched up, <laughs> knocking back the jelly babies. <laughs> um, but yeah, they went back in and I gave her her first breastfeed. And I think... I just she was feeding for quite a while actually um but it was just incredible it's just like wow <laughs> I'm feeding <laughs> yeah she yeah. is so incredible yeah. and um, yeah so when you found when Gary was like well what what is she a girl or a boy yeah. um what was that like did you kind of have an inkling that she was going to be a girl I so when I was in my first half so before the 20 week scan I always had a feeling that it's a girl I don't know why I just kind of thought that it was and after my 20 week scan I don't know why but the world and its friend said it's a boy it's a boy it's a boy it's a boy like how do you know like how can you look at my bump and say that it's a boy um my mum and dad said girl, actually. I think they were the only ones um, that thought it was a girl. But I don't know. I just kind of thought it's, it's exciting. 
not knowing and it's also exciting kind of thinking haha you're gonna be wrong yes <laughs> I love that I'm gonna prove you wrong yeah. thanks for being a girl Thea because you yeah. <laughs> I love that so when you actually found out mm. um obviously I love that you said as well that yeah you just in that moment it didn't matter yeah you didn't really think to look because I think so many people will assume that straight away they're going to go right okay like look at the bits that's the first thing we look at yeah, you just like, <laughs> I probably would have forgotten to check until I started getting addressed if I'm honest with you <laughs> that's so funny and so it was quite soon after you after you birthed that you then went straight to mm. be have your stitches done for your time yeah. Mm. And, yeah. and how I know obviously how was it probably not that comfortable but you had your jelly babies and because mm. a lot of women like that's one of their biggest fears is tearing um, yeah and a I lot kind of, of expected it though did you yeah I think that there's a really high percentage especially of new mums for that to be the case so I kind of always went in thinking you know I'll probably need a few mm. stitches but it's okay and it's not, yeah. it's not painful, like it's not, it's absolutely manageable. And I had a few baths when we got home with um, tea tree oil, which obviously helps with the healing. And I had no issues at all, no pain, you know, I was very lucky. I know that some women may experience something different, but no, it, it was fine. It was, it was manageable. Yeah, amazing. And I think as well, like, especially if your body had started involuntarily pushing, it's when babies that are born quite quickly that's yeah. when the tears tend to happen yeah um, so yeah I think it's one of them especially with with first but like your first baby as well that's why a lot of people would recommend like perineal per I can't say the word I know I can <laughs> perineal massage perineal yeah. I don't even know if I'm saying it right perineal, perineal? Oh, I don't know <laughs> <laughs> that's perineal massage yeah which can be really kind of powerful but you know it's one of them things that you know if it if it does happen it's learning to how to deal with it if that was to be the case and yeah doing the things to help potentially avoid but also being like okay well if it does happen I'm prepared to know how to deal with it afterwards yeah yeah mm. and yeah so after you'd done all that and you went and had your first feed mm. were you in hospital for a little while or did you um so we I think in we were in the same room um until about 9 30 I was able there was a shower in there so and luckily I was fine walking so I managed to you know to have a quick freshen up put some moisturizer and deodorant on um my parents came to visit was that shower yeah it was strange <laughs> was it yeah because obviously you're a little bit jelly legged but um yeah no it was it was refreshing definitely um yeah my parents popped in um in the in the room we we gave birth mum was like what you gave birth here wow oh. <laughs> Um, and then we were moved on to the birth centre kind of ward um, so somebody else could use the room. Obviously, it takes them a while to, to clean everything properly for the next next person. Um, and we stayed there until I think we were just charged about 
half past four, five o'clock in the afternoon. And we went home and we ordered pizza and Gary was snoring on the sofa as if he'd had like a really long night, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and Theo was asleep in, I had her next to me bed, next to the sofa at that point, because initially for the first few days she slept in her Moses basket in our room. So she was there to my left, Gary was to my right, and I thought, wow, we're a family of three. <laughs> Yeah. That, that moment that first kind of moment to yourself yeah just to like breathe it all in and we're home yeah. um so yeah we we had takeaway pizza we um we went to bed I think Thea's first night was pretty restless as expected I think I missed two nights sleep on the trot in total mm. uh, especially where I was obviously breastfeeding there's not a huge amount that Gary can do to help with that so I think he got a good night's sleep and then helped me the following day. Um, I stayed in bed that morning and that, that was when we had a first visit from our midwife to come in and check me and baby over. It was about nine o'clock in the morning, I think, when she turned up and it was just lovely. I was finishing our leftover pizza for breakfast. I had coffee. I was breastfeeding. I was half naked. This midwife turned up. He was just so lovely. And I was like, oh, this is great. <laughs> Oh, I love that. Yeah. Beautiful. And yeah. did you choose to do anything with your placenta after dinner? You said you had um, an injection to deliver. No, no. Oh. I wasn't. Um, I, I looked into it, but no, I wasn't. I wasn't overly fussed. Yeah. It um, depends on, I suppose, what you want to do with it. I think it can be quite costly in certain decisions can't it so no we we, we never really went down that avenue no and so yeah just coming to the end of that would you have any advice for first-time mums what was there anything that you wish you'd known before anything you would have done differently to prepare or wish you'd known before oh it's a good question um do you know, I don't really. I think the advice I would give is definitely, as I said earlier, give yourself some time to prepare your body and your mind. Um, relax, you know. That is what's going to get you through labour, is relaxing your mind and your body. Um, knowledge, more than anything, you know, highly, highly, highly recommend hypnobirthing. Not to get you know, that water birth with no pain relief, but more along the lines of knowing your options and what to do if things take a different turn. Because um, if you don't know what's going on, you're going to start panicking. So knowledge is power. Absolutely. It really, really is. And I'm like, yes, that's yeah. what it's all about. <laughs> um, knowledge is power. And then also it's like getting to a point where you actually just forget the knowledge and just come and mm. let your body step in yeah and do what it already knows it's like it's exactly. weird I think it's fascinating how like you've never done something in your life and you just know how to do it in the moment it's incredible mm. oh yeah that's so true I've never thought of it like that before oh beautiful thank you so much <laughs> Honestly, like I'm just like I don't know, so different from the talks we used to have. And I, I know. 
um, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your beautiful story thank um, you you're amazing so thank you thanks for having me oh no it's my it's my um what'd you say it's my honor it's my pleasure That's yeah <laughs> yeah, well, yeah doing a podcast and I can't even talk <laughs> um yeah thank you so much and speak to you soon yeah take care bye thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the way of the womb podcast if this episode resonated with you and if you enjoyed this episode please take a screenshot and share this on your social media tag me at beck wallace birthkeeper and drop me a message let me know how you found it and if you feel called please feel free to leave a review it just helps other people to find the podcast so that we can build community and gather together thanks so much sending all the love